0: Well, 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 look at our new digs around here. Take your shoes off. Get comfortable at Splash Play on the Splash Play channel,
1: Spags. We don't have all those encumbrances like we have on Pete's channel people watching streams, people engaging and enjoying the content. No, we're here on the Splash Play channel. Pete is back, and that means we're dusting off some of the old favorites. So it's time today for the low probability Crystal Ball and Nana Pete to make an appearance. We're also going to talk about ride or die picks for every single week two game. So all of the classic hits will be played here on Splash Play right after this intro. <music> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Oversett. Pete, how are you doing? I feel like it's been so long. You've been to Vegas. You're now a national talk show superstar. How's life treating you?
0: Uh, you know, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, burning the candle at both ends, but uh, doing good. It is. Uh, I'm genuinely excited to be back. I got some comments wondering about Splash Play. Uh, of course, you have been doing some solo streams on here. You had some guests last week. and uh, But we're going to be back every Friday, the two of us making magic happen Friday mornings. All the classics, playing the hits, Nana P, Ride or Dies, all the good stuff. Yeah, the
1: flagship show will be every Friday at 10 a.m. or 9.50 a.m. so we can make sure that Pete gets out on time to do a Sirius XM show with Kendall Valenzuela, of course, the Fantasy Life show that you guys should be checking out. But uh, make sure you are subscribed to the Splash Play channel. Of course, hit the like button on the videos and come back Mondays and Thursdays where I'm doing some an uh, equivalent Pete of your showdown cram, except that I'm actually pulling up an optimizer and doing it. And I have to say, I, I'm sure you've not watched the streams and I think, you know, good for that. Don't please unengage with any content of mine, Pete, when we're not together. But I would say with my optimizer shows, I've never been keeping myself more honest where i've had profitable slates now three out of the four main slates and it's entirely
0: i think because of me having to do it on a show and not wanting to look like a total asshole you're saying that you've upped your game uh in doing more research and being less lazy because you're doing it on stream
1: Well, it's more that, well, A, I had Ryan, of course, written Pack on a couple weeks ago to talk about how to do an optimizer process. But it's also that I think now, because I have to do it publicly and then I have to talk about it, like on Mondays, I'm going to go through my my main slate lineups like you do to a certain extent. And like, I'm on a good run right now. And it's really just been a matter about like dialing back the process and focusing in on, on playing
0: the good plays, Pete, which is something we just don't talk about enough on this show. See, I feel like I was the opposite. Like when I, the very first year I did my bankroll challenge and I was just a truly horrendous DFS player. And I was just reacting to whatever happened the week before. I was like the guy that was like the chalk hit. Let's chase the chalk. Oh, the contrarian plays hit. Let's find the contrarian plays. And then because what I was trying to do also is you don't want to look like an idiot in front of the uh, the audience. Now I'm fully comfortable looking like an idiot and getting all my comments this week being like, Pete, you care way too much about ownership. You're galaxy braining all these plays. I'm like, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the results are going to be there. Hopefully for us all season long. Shout out to the chat as well: ATX Bearcat, GA Scrubby, all the regulars. One-eyed Jack is here for some Debo rider dies. We'll talk about the rider die picks coming up and go game by game for week two. Pete, any news items that jump out to you overall with week two heading into this you know situation with some guys limited in practice? Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara seems like they're trending towards going. Uh, maybe some possible loss of DeAndre Swift though. We'll find that out in a couple hours. Depending on how he's practicing. Um, anybody you're particularly worried about or excited about this week?
0: Yeah, I mean, some guys I'm worried about. Obviously, Rondell Moore, we just got a blurb. He's unlikely versus the Raiders with that hamstring. I mean, I know that game has a high total, but the, the Cardinals' offense looks so poor without all these weapons. You know, I don't think Ertz is fully healthy either. Uh, I am worried about DeAndre Swift, you know, now missed a couple practices with that ankle. Um, I'm a little curious what's going on with Alvin Kamara and that rib issue. Um, some things that are trending in the right direction. I guess Kenneth Walker had kind of a weird, um, run out this week where he was fully active Wednesday and then downgraded to a limited participant yesterday. So that I'll be curious to see where he's at because that'll really shake up that backfield if he goes this week. Um, But yeah, those were the big ones. Swift is, uh, you know, ESPN just put out an article that said he's definitely ready despite ankle issue. So I, I don't know that that one's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, a young guy certainly
1: able to game and get through it as best he can, but you know, certainly Jamal Williams, we saw him vulture some touchdowns last week, getting you know, 40% of the workload overall. I think that's still a guy that I might be interested in rolling out in the hopes that you can get uh, Swift maybe starting that game, not finishing. We'll see how it goes. Uh, some of the top owned plays this week, according to Stochastic, and I am leaning heavily on their data, Pete, as though I still work there, even though I do not. I'm using it for everything I'm doing this year. Saquon Barkley looking like chalk, Devonta Adams looking like chalk, Christian McCaffrey looking like the chalk plays so far, and of course, this could change over the next few days if a guy like swift goes out in terms of the chalkiest play because you were talking about galaxy branding ownership is there one chalk play you're afraid of going to the most because i kind of feel like saquon is a bomb waiting to go off at any time and I, I worry about not having him but with the quarter of the field being there it does feel like
0: people are maybe buying it a little too heavy yeah looking saquon i, I mean you feel a little bit more comfortable with him just with how involved he was in the past game. Like, he gives you such a nice floor. The one guy that stands out to me as chalk that scares me is Darrell Henderson. Um, there's just, I do think the most likely thing that happens is Darrell Henderson is the lead back, hence why he's chalk. But there's a lot of variables here. You know, a lot of the quotes from McVay with Acres, it, it was all like, he wanted to see more of a sense of urgency was a phrase he used. He wanted to see him take more advantage of his opportunities. The implication being that like Acres, is still tentative coming off this injury and that if he does see what he likes, whether that's in practice, warmups, the first few carries that he could have an expanded role. And I do think his backfield at some point this season will trend to more of a 50 50 split. And I think that could be as soon as this week. It could be in a couple of weeks. And so that's why the Henderson projection and also they were using Kyron Williams a lot before he got hurt. So I think we could also see a third back, I don't know, Jake Funk, you know, mixing in. And so his touch projection feels very fragile to me.
1: Yeah, and certainly you got to see the touchdowns being there for Henderson. Uh, it's almost 6K on drafting, $5,700 price tag. Uh, certainly could be a bit of a trap play that pops up on optimizers, but uh, we'll see how that goes coming up in a little bit here. I do want to bring up this chat, Pete, because I did do a resurrection, a best ball resurrection draft underdog yesterday where you are drafting for week six through 17. Uh, seems like people are a little tentative to join so far. Uh, took a little bit of uh, time for that room to fill. Corbin here, of course, our good friend, our, our chimney boot sweep, Corbin, uh, looking for one to fill his resurrection draft. Do you have any thoughts on the strategy for that one for how you would approach it because it does seem like the the penchant would be to you know maybe push guys up a little bit more like deandre hopkins uh dak prescott should be back by the time those games start again uh, for week six but is there anything strategy wise you would bring to the people as as a best ball season veteran
0: so I will, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm always going to be transparent. I actually haven't done a resurrection draft yet. I've been doing the Hail Marys in the Battle Royales, the the weekly one. That said, um, I talked with Jennings on Club Top Shot on Tuesday, and he had been blasting off on the resurrection. And he echoed what you said, that a lot of those injured guys are still way too undervalued relative to when the contest starts. So Hopkins, Gallup, even a guy like Jamison Williams, it sounds like his – timeline is is looking pretty decent so yeah that seems like an inefficiency and then it just goes back to the age-old debate right like you can maybe get ahead of some trends now by drafting um and get some players who won't be where where they'll be you know in four weeks or you can wait get more information and maybe build higher floor teams so I I definitely am going to get some contests or some entries in there but I haven't pulled the trigger yet
1: and of course, if you want to do a best ball resurrection draft, make sure you use the promo code splash and underdog to double your deposit up to $100. You can play the pickums on there. Lots of great improvements. Pickum insurance is a new thing they're doing on there. underdog is always doing the best they can to give people a good user experience. So if you haven't played an underdog for some reason, you're watching this because it's a DFS show, uh, please play an underdog and use that promo code splash. And of course I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. Whoa. But Yeah. Neon flashing Whoa. lights, subscribe, Whoa. like, and comment. These are the, some of the improvements even missing on the solo streams where I, I just ham fistedly steal gifts from the internet and just run it here on the show
0: wow this is incredible the second i am not at the controls this show's production value just goes through the roof have you have you put in the bonk clip into the streamer? or do i need to send you the bonk clip
1: i need the bonk clip i need the welcome to the family i do have a hordy jail gif here which is not my face on it which is fine i do have this one though which uh the people enjoy pete which you might be horrified by
0: as now a professional man on national broadcast yeah radio. i i mean that is i feel like you that has to be played in tandem with the bonk like anytime that is shown then you have to bonk yourself right after for using
1: oh well here's one for you p2 that you'll enjoy just rocking out the <laughs> cat you have missed? your benches just been a geno smith disaster um, it was on Monday, you know, Tyler Algier Sunday was filling my mentions. Then on Monday, Gino Smith and talked about it on the splash play channel in the deposit kingdom, which of course you can find the links. I think it might be still in the YouTube description, but if not, check one of Pete's videos and join through there. Um, but it is one of those things where like, it's confusing because obviously we know the regulars in the Splash Play channel. You know the regulars and all your Deposit Kingdom guys. And then you get some people where it's like, are you a regular or are you just trying to like dunk on me? And it's hard to tell which is which because like I don't care really about Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. At the end of the day, if Drew Locke plays by week 17, great. I could victory lap that. If not, it doesn't matter. It was like 5% of my exposure overall. It's not going to kill me. But it would be something where... I think people get a lot of joy out of being right about something and seeing you be wrong about it. And it's, you know, in this business, like I've been doing this now for four or five years on camera, almost every day doing stuff. I'm so used to being wrong. It's just part of the process that like there's a comfort level you build up that I think sometimes people on the internet just don't get.
0: You just, the the key spags, what you do is you, you take the L, you know, I, I had my meme last night about the sky, more stuff. I mean, the sky, more stuff looks disastrous right on special teams though, man, boy, he's really, he's out there with a DB number. It's like one of those things where I I am just like taking the L because I thought he'd have at least some role right away. And yet you still look at that offense and they really do need a playmaker to step up. I know Justin Watson is looking good, but I don't think MBS is it. I know Juju flashed a little week one. He didn't pass my film grinder eye test last night. So I'm holding out a small candle. But anyways, you know, you just get out in front of it. You say the ship chasing clips are clearly cursed um we will continue to curse players forever and then people don't troll you because then that then you're trolling yourself that's how you do it specs
1: well but also ultimately like if tyler algier has one good game this year i'm gonna go like well that was the most important game of the year like that's just how that goes so you could kind of win on either side or you could lose on either side and i i tend to believe pete i'm an optimist as people could tell by watching these streams um i believe we're gonna win at some point with all of our takes you know even if it is just for one week
0: did you uh did you happen speaking of Tyler Algier, did you see my trade negotiations with him in the sleeper I did, bowl? did you get did you get him from him? No. <laughs> he he rejected it, which I mean, either he's a narcissist or he knows about an expanded role coming, or maybe both. That is one of those things like For a player, like it's got to be awkward because you kind of
1: have to draft yourself to go like, yeah, I'm good. I believe in myself. At the same token, if you're like buried on the depth chart and you're, you know, if you're Tyler Algier and you're like, boy, Damian Williams is fucking ahead of me right now. Avery Williams is getting some snaps ahead of me. I don't know what's going on. It definitely does seem like it could be something a little bit weird. What what are we ends of the stream here? Is this the, there we go. Yeah,
0: so he, so I got this thing in the sleeper bowl. Th- and I thought he was going to like, I, I, I'm i not very familiar with how sleeper works. So I didn't know if this was like a chat thing. But then it, I think it was something just to send the trade over. So he sent me this garbage offer. Um, He wanted T Higgins for Amari Cooper and Sterling Shepard. Maybe that isn't even that garbage of an offer. But for me, one of the world's biggest T Higgins fans, it was a garbage offer. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do what any good fantasy player does and says if you want this player this is what it's going to take and i actually think i like my side better but i just thought the bit equity of getting tyler algier back in a trade was worth trading t higgins and jarek mckinnon i think you wouldn't you want the higgins mckinnon side i would agree i think
1: honestly like his trade offer initially of cooper and Shepard is kind of a boomer trade off. like that's what he's yeah. looking to get like I just don't think that's a good offer at all. So I kind of have to question Tyler Algier across the board in the situation, but I do like what you're doing where you want to take possession of him. And it feels like, you know, the old native American adage about how like a photo steals a soul. That's basically what you're trying to do to him. And I think that's the ultimate mind game you can have. If you're playing in a league with a an actual pro player. Exactly. I just thought,
0: I mean, can you about? And he has to know, like if I trade myself away, the optics on that, I should keep really seeing how far I can push this. Like, I should see if I sent him T Higgins for uh, Tyler Algier, if he he would take it. I'm almost willing to do it for that bit equity.
1: It honestly feels like he, like, that's a good trade for him because he's being lumped in. Like, even if you look at the trade with McKinnon and Hill, like, he's lumped in with guys that right now are above his cast in the world that are above where he is, uh, you know, playing fantasy-wise where he's not playing at all yet. So, like, I think for him, like, he should do that trade just to be lumped in with these actual
0: greats who've done something on the field. Well, but here's the other wrinkle into all of this about upcoming playing time. So Damian Williams did not practice yesterday with a rib injury. The beat reporters for the Falcons think Tyler Algier will play a little bit this weekend, obviously, if um, if Williams doesn't practice. And like, I know they're, they're trotting out Avery Williams, a converted defensive back. You can't give Cordero Patterson 20 plus touches. It is time to see my sleeper bowl competitor, Tyler Algier in action.
1: Yes. And he can trade himself for T Higgins, who also might not be going this week, though. We'll see with his personal issues. Of course, we talked about yesterday dealing with the passing of his father. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. But Pete, it is time, in fact, to uh, dust off the old low probability crystal ball and and an acknowledgement of something that people enjoyed last week, seeing back on the stream. Pete, I'm not going to be the one doing the crystal ball on my end. You, of course, will be bringing in your beloved Nana Pete. I will, in fact, be bringing in my gypsy puppet here, Puppet Lindquist. Now I don't know if we need to rebrand him into something else. I'm going to hold the crystal ball for him. But he's ready to give some hot takes alongside Nana Pete, even though perhaps uh, the puppet is lacking in the derriere department
2: like Nana Pete likes. I (laughs) tried to find my crystal ball, but I just changed nursing homes and I can't seem to place it. Well, I guess I'll just have to look into the future with my beady little eyes. Well, Nana Pete, how have you
3: been doing so far in your drafts last week? We missed you and, you know, the ride or die picks were emailed in and certainly were lacking in quality from the real Pete. So how have Nana Pete's picks been doing?
2: First of all, I just want to say I'm so thankful that this show is marooned on this channel with four subs considering these are the segments we do now, but my picks have been going great. I appeared on a randomizer stream last week and was objectifying a man named Pete Manzanelli and now I'm ready to talk footyball with you and the splash play savants. And of course,
3: this delightful puppet that really doesn't make sense on this channel, but we're going to bring back because people enjoy puppeteering and antics. And Nana Pete, I have a low probability play for you that's coming from a puppet. So if it's right, we should still give credit to the person working the puppet. But if it's wrong, we should just say it's puppet hijinks. Nana Pete, I think Trey Lance this week... 350 total yards on the ground through the air, three combined touchdowns for Trey Lance. Everybody's burying a nanopete, and I won't stand for it in my crystal ball.
2: Did you? I mean, I don't mind the pig, but you might want to send him an umbrella before he plays. He doesn't seem to do too well in a rainstorm. Maybe send him a poncho. The boy can't play when his hands are wet, and trust me, that comes from personal experience.
3: Oh, Nana Pete, you're so ribald for me, a child puppet.
2: I'm so sorry. How how old are you? I should actually find out before I share the airwaves with such a young tyke.
3: Well, actually, I suppose it's a bit of a Benjamin Button scenario where I was initially based upon Eric Lindquist, the host over at Stochastic, who is an adult man, but I do dress very childlike, as you can see, and in fact, Spags' mother-in-law was over yesterday playing with the puppet with the baby Luca because she thought this was a Burt puppet, and it is in fact
2: just an off-brand Burt puppet of some sort you had me at the phrase playing with my mother-in-law it's something we've all been known to do but let's get into the pics before this show dies on its first episode on the new channel I think we're putting a hat on a hat
3: or a puppet on a Nana Pete here, but Nana Pete, I want to know your great takes because we haven't had you in so long. So what? Tell me, whose talk is standing out? I'm now apparently a New York Jewish puppet, but whose talk is standing out for you this week?
2: Well, I've been poring over the data, I've been looking through the trends, and there's a rookie running back on the Seahawks, who I'm very excited about this week, his name is Kenneth Walker VI, he of course comes from the English monarchy lineage, long live the queen, my dear friend passed away last week, and I've been feeling the effects ever since, but... I have good word that Kenneth Walker's hernia is completely healed. I took a nice kneading to it there, rubbed out all the kinks and crooks and crannies. He's now a pliable young man ready to rush for a hundred yards and put that little cuck Rashad Penny on the bench where he belongs.
3: What did Rashad Penny do to deserve to be called a cock? Which, as we know from the internet in 2022, one of the most insulting things you can call another man.
2: I'm pretty sure that I've said far more insulting things than calling Rashad Penny a cock. And while I'm at it, I'll call Pete Carroll a cock too. Even Drew Locke, the <gasps> ultimate cock. It's a team full of cocks, I tell you.
3: Hold on, I have to properly show my shock. Oh, I can't believe you would call Drew Locke a cock. As we all know, in both the puppet and human communities, Drew Locke is a savior for any team who'd be lucky enough to have him. And he also has a
2: beautiful fiancé, Nana P. I I think I liked this segment more when it was in the afternoon and we had a straight man to balance out the two characters. But what do I know about comedy?
3: it's hard sometimes when formats adapt for shows characters change right before our eyes premises change that's just life sometimes when you're being creative either way nana pete i do have one more hot take for you this week What if I was to tell you Cooper Rush is, in fact, the top quarterback on the board this week for all the quarterbacks? Nobody believes in him, but they also haven't seen a lot of video of him. So my no probability crystal
2: ball says Cooper Rush, we should all rush to own him. I just realized how down bad you are on backup quarterbacks. First Drew Locke, and then your first love, Ben DiNucci, not getting the call up to start for the Cowboys. Cocked by Cooper Rush, your Ben DiNucci. What do you say for your Italian god? Well, as we discussed
3: earlier, I am in fact now a Jewish New York puppet, so things have taken a turn in terms of the character profiles. But if I were to speak for Spags, and I don't want to speak for him because I'm my own man, he's his own man and such, I would say that Ben DiNucci also would be great if given the opportunity, given a leash. That's Spags' main theory, Nana is that any quarterback, if given a chance, if given a proper play caller, could be great in the right scenario.
2: Okay, whatever you say, but Geno Smith and Cooper cup it's just, it's hard to see you pivot to another dustball backup quarterback, but I get it, he has a nice tush. Let he who has not Googled Cooper Rush butt and Google image it cast the first stone.
3: More like Cooper butt. We got Cooper Cup. now we got Cooper butt.
2: Okay, I don't know what I, I, I'm supposed to be the only one objectifying these boys to have a I can't, don't even remember your profile, but uh, t- t- together we have supremely objectified all the players in the NFL.
3: Well, I suppose we could call this segment an end, Nana Pete, as the viewers start to slowly drop off, perhaps getting confused by what's going on here. I do think sometimes, Nana Pete, that perhaps this channel will be better off if just we had a puppet doing all the content.
0: <laughs> Here's a, oh, Here we go.
2: There's a puppet. <laughs> okay uh,
0: do the i did just upload the bonk uh to a new folder in our splash play google drive called stream material so feel free to download upload and bonk yourself
1: here's how you can tell who's new to the channel mongo oh good it's over uh mongo you don't even know what was going on in the the previous months of splash play people might have just watched best ball all summer pete and didn't know that we got completely fucking deranged for a good six month window
2: there
0: Uh, oh yeah. I mean, we had, well, last year when we were doing bits for, for every new show, I mean, it was, uh, it was getting wild now we're going
1: to have to just play the hits on Fridays. But of course, Pete and I are going to be here every Friday at 10 a.m. Monday and Thursday, I'll be doing some probably more of a showdown optimizer show, but also talking about news updates, talking about whatever else we can on the channel. So that's what to expect for now on the channels. We figure out what the pathway is moving forward and all that. Uh, But Pete, I feel like it's time we might as well start to get into the ride or die picks because I actually, I don't know if Willis updated the sheet, but I think I had one ride or die pick right for a 10 pointer. But I don't know if there was anything else correct last week besides that.
0: I went pretty YOLO with mine. Um, they were pretty ambitious. Did did any of mine hit? Uh, let's see. I
1: don't know. I don't think we have Willis in the chat. Willis is uh, Willis's interest in the show has waned with you not being
0: <laughs> available. I no, think. no. He he was on a he was on a vacation. He's been he hasn't okay. been in the chat. <laughs> I was on like, a,
1: oh boy. Willis is like Pete's not on the show. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> What's going now he, on here? Let's yeah see. he posted
0: a, a photo from I think he was on a cruise. Uh oh. yeah he. He's been uh, he's been away lately. You
1: ever been on a cruise?
0: No, I'm I'm anti-cruise. I don't think I'd enjoy it.
1: I am not been on a cruise, but I do like you know the all-inclusive kind of scene. So I would say that's something that appeals to me. I'm pulling up the ride or dies right now. Let's let's screen share it so people can see. Actually, I don't think we've ever shared the ride or die screen on here, so people wow. can see wow how the sausage is made. They have not been graded out yet. It looks like, but I think if we do a quick scan with our eyes, we will see that there is in fact not a lot correct here. Zoom in a little more. It's a little hard to read. All right. There's just mine and yours. We can not worry about our pal, Eric Lindquist, so you can check out for yourself in the Stochastic YouTube channel. Uh, you had Kyle <laughs> Devonta Pissons. Smith outscores
0: AJ Brown. What a prediction.
1: Yeah, that was a tough one, Pete. I am not a big Devonta Smith believer, and it does seem like so far that has panned out.
0: Did Jamal Agnew have zero points?
1: Uh, I think he might have had a fractional
0: amount of points actually. I, 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 oh, no. it right now. I knew he was screwed. No, you're right. One catch for six yards and one rush for six yards. screwed by Jamal Swagnew. Yeah, Isaiah likely
1: got you, apparently. Christian McCaffrey did not outscore Brissett and Chubb combined. Paris Campbell did nothing. Neither did Alec Pierce. Malik Willis did nothing. Packers rookie wide receivers did nothing. Eno Benjamin uh, didn't do anything or didn't do much either. Neither did James Conner. Winning Millie Maker lineup for the Raiders Charters game, that didn't happen, though. Devontae Adams did play pretty well. And Noah Brown outscoring Mike Evans didn't happen. The one that I got right, Pete, was this one I'm going to highlight right here. Justin Jefferson, 150-plus receiving yards and two touchdowns, that happened within one half of football.
0: Man, I wish I was there to kind of push back on the 10 there. It's like an eight and we don't round up.
1: That's a big game. That's a monster game.
0: It's a normal game for Justin
1: Jefferson. Well, hopefully it is based on what we've seen moving forward, but it's time to get this week's ride or die picks. And we'll update with the stats uh, once Willis has returned from his luxurious cruise, but let's get going. Pete, we got Tampa Bay, 23.5 implied points, New Orleans, 21 implied points. As we talked about Alvin Kamara limited in practice during the week, Leonard Fournette also limited in practice, but does seem like he's going to go because he's not morbidly obese anymore. So he can suck it up and go week after week. Uh, Pete, what do you want this game? This
0: game between NFC South rivals. Yeah, let's, uh, Let's try to get spicy. Um how about a how about a 10 pointer? Will you give me 10 points Cameron Brate outscores Alvin Kamara? Um
1: let's see. We got a 6.7 projection from Stochastic for Brate, 14.7 for Kamara. Uh you're getting the injury discount, but I'll give you a 10 pointer. Let's start this off on the right foot, being generous towards each other in both spirit and points given.
0: Yeah, handshake. Nice nice sure. to see you reach across the aisle for that one. Uh, I will say for mine,
1: um, if Brashad Perriman were to outscore Julio Jones,
0: would that be a 10 pointer? If Brashad Perriman would outscore Julio Jones. So I will allow this one. If Julio Jones, um, gets in, gets in a full practice. Yeah.
1: He's been hurt this week. I gotta assume he's going to go, right? He's not like that washed up that he would not play in week two after not really sustaining an injury in week one.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like he was okay. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. I, it, I mean, it's it's very similar, I think, to the Brate one. Yeah, I
1: would agree with that. And and Julio, I feel like this is kind of the thing that I do want to beat. Uh, you know, beat the point up a little bit more of. Like, this is why we don't draft Julio Jones. Like, he played a game, he looked normal, and then he's hurt. <laughs> like He didn't do anything that hurt himself. I feel like that's the thing with best ball. I know, Pete, you, you don't want to talk about best ball. You're worried about the FBI. Here on this channel, I think it's a safe place because nobody's watching it. Who gives a shit? Uh, but I would say that, like, from from where I view things, like, Julio being hurt without being injured, to me, is one of those things where it's like, that's why you don't draft. Like, Keenan Allen, same thing. It's just, over 30, it's just going to happen. And I learned that firsthand last year.
0: Yeah, it. Uh,
1: you know, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. Speaking of, maybe we can see one guy learn in this game. Carolina at twenty one point three implied points. The Giants twenty two point eight implied points. Christian Caffrey, as we talked about, one of the chalkier plays in the week according to stochastics ownership projections. Saquon Barkley also going to be uh, currently projected to be the highest owned guy across the board. Looks like on DraftKings and maybe on Fanduel as well. Uh, P, I'll let you go first again because I honestly don't know what I even like in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- there was just not a lot to like um let's see can we maybe can we get Kadarius tony off the schneid um that actually seems seems very thin that seems did you see he was thin.
1: practicing with the third team <laughs> like yeah. what are
0: they doing with him yeah well there was there's was quotes and stuff that he was you know they obviously not where the team wants him at and so then you're like is this something he can fix um oh and then he, and then he also showed up on the injury report yesterday too it was just like it's always something with this guy I'm so worried about the Panthers. Um, their offense just looks so uncreative. Um, all right. I will do I will do, you know what? I think this is just a classic, cheeky three pointer. You're gonna look at projections. I'll say Sterling Shepard outscores DJ Moore. Three pointer.
1: Okay. All right. That's a yeah, that's a classic three pointer, some would say. Um, what if Daniel Jones were to run for two touchdowns? Would that be a 10 pointer?
0: Yeah. Rush for 10 for two for sure.
1: Okay, so I'll take that. Daniel Jones rushing for two touchdowns. That's how Saquon Barkley gets blown up. Um, we've got a question here from Tyler. DJ more bounce back game and more than two snaps for Tony. Poor for Tony Hammy looks like the problem. I talked about it yesterday. I think the problem with Tony is like it's a new coaching regime. And when those guys come in and they are kind of hard asses, like the previous Bills, you have know, Dable as well as the front office guys. Like I feel like they're just riding his ass like they do a young player, not knowing that Kadarius Tony is like just as inclined to punch them in the face or throw soup at them like Odell did back in the day. Like I think that's what the coaching staff is missing that. I don't think it's a Hammy problem Pete. I think it's that they're trying to put him in a spot and he's like fuck you I don't need this shit
0: yeah I just think he's I mean I, I was talking with this with Karin the other day and he's like I just think Tony's a dick like I think he might just be a dude who's like in his own world doesn't care about shit you know there's basic responsibilities for NFL wide receivers and he just kind of shrugs him off probably because he's been so talented his entire life that he hasn't had to really get his shit together but uh, I think he's gonna need to now
1: And if they do play him, I'm sure he'll get results. But at the end of the day, they have to play him. And that's one of those things that sometimes can happen when uh, coaching staffs change over. Next game, we got New England, 21.3 implied points. Pittsburgh, actually a home dog by two points, 19.3 implied for them. Um, I'll go first in this one. I will say in this, I want this to be a 10-pointer, Pete. Devontae Parker, if he has less than two catches and less than 10 yards, is that a 10-pointer? Say that again, less than? Less than two catches, less than 10 yards. Both of those things are just one of those things. Both those things. Um, what was his stat line week one? I think he had like one catch. I might be even overrating that. Let me pull it up real fast. It's Uh, definitely like from what I saw, like I was not impressed by a separation. He had one catch for nine yards on week one.
0: Yeah. I that's two. I I mean, I'd give you three for that. You need to go for the, do my Jamal Swagnew. you got to take the total bagel to get the 10 points.
1: All right, I'll take you know I'll take the zero. I don't think it's likely he gets a zero, but boy, I am worried about the guys that are getting older who also have never created separation. That's one of the things that I feel like I did have a blind spot for with some guys. Devontae Parker's one of them. So I'll take the ten pointer, and he doesn't
0: have a catch for any yards. Okay, um, I will say, can I get ten points? Where uh, can I get ten points if Brandon Bolden outscores one? Or sorry, not Brandon Bolden. Their new (laughs) Brandon Bolden, J.J. Taylor. If J.J. Taylor outscores one of Ramondre or Damian Harris, it can be either of them. 10 points.
1: Oof. I mean, knowing that it's a Belichick offense, it's not that crazy, but I would say that does feel fundamentally like a 10-pointer. Thank you. Um, Any thoughts about Pittsburgh, by the way? I feel like people are probably panicking over Pickens. I probably would panic over Pickens. If I drafted him highly, I think if you got him at the cheap, I I wouldn't worry about it too much. But uh, are you willing to play Pickens moving forward?
0: Yeah, I mean... I think you're in in wait and see mode a little bit. I think we've just gotten so spoiled by so many of these wide receivers, and in some teams, fast track these guys. You know, Jahan Dotson, you know, playing basically every snap. But then, you know, then there's guys in the middle like Burks, who had a really good role but wasn't playing a ton of snaps. And then there's guys like Sky Moore, where he's not playing at all. And I think these guys are all on the spectrum. We still don't really know what they have until they get out on the field. So I still want to be patient with. A majority of them. So yeah, I'm not starting pickings, but I'm certainly not dropping him.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think you hold on to him if you're doing a redraft league, but certainly a guy that in DFS, even at under 4K on DraftKings, I'm probably not going there at more than one percent if I get there at all. Uh, next game up, we got Miami 20.5 implied points. I'll respect going their way after a decent showing in week one. Baltimore, 24 implied points. Pete, you're up first in this game between the Dolphins and the Ravens.
0: I think. JK Dobbins suits up this weekend and immediately becomes the highest non uh, QB scorer in this game.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, are we saying that's a 10?
0: It has to be. I mean, outscoring Reek, Waddle, Andrews, Bateman, Edmonds.
1: Yeah. With a crowded backfield, I feel like that's probably a decent case. I don't think you're going to give this a 10, but I feel like it should be based upon how people will treat this guy. Um, and I saw some tweets out there, people people dropping like legitimate players for Devin DuVernay. What if Rashad Bateman were to double up Devin DuVernay's fantasy points, Pete, would that be a 10 pointer?
0: Um, Double up. So I'm looking at some projections right now. Um, So that would be flipping. Yeah, because right now I see Bateman as basically double duvernay's production so that'd be inversing it hang on you're are you saying duvernay doubles bateman that i would allow doubles duvernay no that's the projection come on but duvernay
1: got two touchdowns last week yeah yeah do
0: do the show with a box score chaser come on
1: get out of here all right what if bateman were to triple up duvernay um triple up sure i'll give you a triple up Okay, cool. I I think people I do think people are going to play Bateman more than the one point five percent ownership I'm seeing projected from Stochastic. I think people will see Duvernay and go like, oh, he's the guy that we thought, and it's that's how that goes, and it's not going to be the case, as uh, my thesis. But you you might disagree, Pete. You might think people are smarter than that. I don't.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, the problem is is you can get there so quickly. I mean, if Duvernay doesn't score a touchdown, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy for Bateman on on volume to get there, but. You know, whatever. I'm feeling generous this morning. And you did a good negotiation. 4. You threw out such an absurd bet out the top that then you got me on the on the follow up. <laughs> I mean, look, that's how you're, you're not you're you're rusty on this.
1: We both are rusty, honestly. I realized when I was doing the show with Eric last week, like it's hard to do the ride or die picks because like there is like a feeling out kind of boxer process with it where we're throwing jabs, we're seeing what'll gland is a ten, what's the best probability bets that we can get, and I think that's something, Pete, that you know you just got to build up a callus for.
0: Well, and yeah, GA saying, Pete, why so nice? You know, there is a tactical element here as Spags indicated. I mean, it's the same thing with poker, right? If you go to a new home game and you just sit there like a knit and you only play the best hands, no one's going to want to invite you back. What do they say? You got to give action to get action. So I give Spags a little action there and then I'm going to hold that over his head when I browbeat him for three straight good bets down the stretch.
1: Sure. It's a you know, whenever I'm getting a little bit of action, I'm always easy prey for anybody after that. Sometimes to move to Philadelphia. So who knows? Uh next game up, we got Indianapolis, 24.3 implied points, three and a half point favorite at Jacksonville, 20.8 implied points. Last year, this game did not go so well with Carson Wentz at the helm, Pete, but it's Colts Jags. Who do you want in
0: this one for ride or dies? How many points do I get for Travis Etienne outscoring Michael Pittman? Mm, that feels like a three. I think it's uh hang on. All right. Give me, okay. I'm going to get it to a 10 ETN outscores Pittman by three points.
1: All right. Right now the projection from stochastic 9.8 for ETN 15.5 for Pittman.
0: That's perfect. Um, Cause we always say it's about a 10 point projection spread gets us to a 10 pointer.
1: Yeah. All right. Fine. I'll give you three more than Pittman. It feels like a 10 pointer. Fine. Thank you. All right. I will go. Um, is Alec Pierce healthy? Like, is he playing? Is there? Uh, yeah. He just looked awful. Did you see that touchdown pass he dropped? <laughs> I did, it, but he had the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I'm dude. But honestly, even a bigger deal for Alec Pierce, how dusty does Matt Ryan look?
1: He didn't look great, which I think does benefit. Taylor probably could benefit Heinz too, but I was saying like, 35 touches in week 1 for Taylor like that's going against everything they were saying all offseason and coaches do that I get it but I think that was more out of desperation where Ryan probably looks great in practice and then they get him out there and he's getting pressure and he kind of gets shell shocked back to a kind of what he was last year I think this is something where the Colts like it's going to be tough for them to have a lot of volume in the pass offense cuz Ryan really looks like a beaten man back there at least after one week yeah um but that said I'll take how about Alec Pierce outscores Paris Campbell by 0.1? That's probably a 10 pointer, right? Um
0: no, that is a 1 pointer. Alec Pierce? Yeah, they're projected within like a point and a half. With Pittman? Wait, I thought you
1: said you said Paris Campbell Oh, no, I would, to be clear, I would never say Paris Campbell. I'm saying Alec Pierce outscores Michael Pittman. I don't believe. Okay. Paris
0: yeah. I, chat, let me know. I could swear you said Paris Campbell. No, um, I think
1: you just hear Paris Campbell whenever there's a tertiary Colts receiver. Your eyes like up. Maybe yeah, I'm going crazy. Uh,
0: yes. I'll give you a 10 pointer for that.
1: Okay, maybe I misspoke, but if I did, please chat, let me know, because I feel like I'm locked in on Alec Pearson. One day, he's going to be good. That day is not today, though. The Jets, 16.5 implied points. Looks like we'll be getting Joe Flacco again. They do not want to co- uh, keep the controversy, so they won't play Mike White. I did say Paris Campbell. Fuck. Why did I say Paris Campbell? I feel like you infested my brain here, because I never think of Paris Campbell.
0: Yeah, now you're trying to gaslight me. Get out
1: of here. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I will own it, Pete. You're right. I'm wrong. I don't know how that happened. I don't I don't think of <laughs> Paris Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> that's me and my Don Draper trying to meme that out. Anyway, Pete, uh, we got the Jets, 16.5 implied points. Cleveland, 23 implied points. Uh, no Deshaun Watson in this one, obviously, as well. Um, I, I'll go first. I will say David Njoku, highest scoring skill position guy in the game. Is that a 10-pointer?
0: Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right, what do you want? Um, I want 10 points on Brees Hall outscoring Nick Chubb. Hmm. We got 8.36 for Hall,
1: 15.9 for Chubb. Okay. I mean, Michael Carter did look better. So based off the week one biases too, it probably does feel like a 10-pointer. Okay. All right. We're all shooting Hail Marys here, fake Hail Marys. Washington, 23.8 implied points after Carson Wentz looked like the best QB in the league for at least a portion of last week's game. Detroit, 24.8 implied points. This game, Pete, feels like it kind of has sneaky shootout potential. So I'm actually intrigued by what you're going to pick in this one.
0: I know that's what I'm I'm worried about cuz we've everyone is now all the GPP bros have kind of circled this game. Um and now I'm worried that it's going to be like the the fake sharp game that everyone pivots to and then you flip over the cards and a Ross St. Brown is like 24% owned. Um let's say let's say you know what? I'm going to do I'm going to do a cheeky a cheeky three-pointer. I'm going to say Curtis Samuel outscores Amon Ross St. Brown.
1: Okay. That's actually pretty reasonable based on the workload he got last week. Um, I will say, what if Carson Wentz is in the Millie Maker winning lineup, Pete? That's got to automatically be a 10.
0: Yeah, I need to mix some more of those in. Those are nice,
1: nice swings. Yeah, I uh, I got Carson Wentz last week and really didn't get why the projections. But I I think there is something to the fact that like he's not going to run the ball. You know, if he gets there, he's going to get there by throwing the ball to either McLaurin, Samuel or Dotson and, and maybe a little bit of Logan Thomas. But I feel like he's probably one of the cleaner stack guys in the league in a way that is appealing. Um, so I think play Wentz now, like if he's not going to be over five percent owned, I feel
0: like it actually is a possibility. We live in a world where Carson Wentz is like 10 percent owned next week. It's such an interesting thing too, because I do really think Wentz and the commanders could just head fake all of us out of the gate because they just have two pretty easy matchups. Jags lions is pretty friendly for fantasy points. On the other hand, we could also look back in five weeks and be like, man, we were too slow to catch up to this trend. You know, Washington's throwing the ball a ton and Jahan Dotson is really good. And Samuel looks like his old self. Like I could see both of those panning out. So it'll be fun to to watch that unfold.
1: Also, Anthony uh, saying here, Lions will be the GPP weekly stack. Uh, Who would be your double stack with the Lions here where Amon Ross seems like an obvious one, but I feel like Chark and Hawkinson, I might be more inclined to take shots at Chark. I know you've been a Hawkinson guy, but did week one do anything to change that for you?
0: Yeah, I keep, I even played a Hawkinson mini. I did like the Miles Sanderson, uh, Miles Sanders Hawkinson one, just because no one wants to play Hawkinson and he was in that middle zone, right? Where everyone is either punting at tight end or going up. Um, but yeah, I think, I think DJ Chark is the really fun one and he's the quintessential, you know, he speeds up the game, right? Because he's going to be used deep down the field. So if you get a DJ Chark, you know, big touchdown, then that's more pass attempts for the commanders, all that good stuff. So yeah, I like, I like Chark, whereas Hawkinson obviously is going to be a more kind of salt the game, right? Because his stuff's going to be more underneath.
1: Next game up, we got Seattle. Seattle, 16.3 implied points. San Francisco, 24.8 implied points, according to the Vegas total for the Niners. Um, I heard a, something a wise puppet once said. And I think in this game, Pete, we're going to see. 350 combined yards for Trey Lance along with three touchdowns. And I feel like that's got to be a 10 pointer because the world has flipped on Trey Lance. The amount of articles about him being bad after one game in a monsoon. I don't get it, Pete. I am a Lance believer. And if he sucks, I'm going down with the ship 100% this year.
0: I, uh, yeah, you stole it. I was definitely going to do a bullish Trey Lance one. And this is the, like we, everyone, I've listened to a lot of shows this week, read a lot. Everyone's giving Trey Lance a pass for the rain game. Um, I know people still have concerns about, but like anyone I respect has, has been giving him a pass. I and would now, say
1: DFS people are giving him a pass. Like people who really care about the analytics, the media though is like, go like the San Francisco guys are really fucking down and already calling for Garoppolo. Well, that's why I qualified it with anyone that I respect.
0: is <laughs> giving him a pass. Also, you respect but, me. I'm glad we got there in a roundabout way. It took so well, long. To, we also just, I mean, Think about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, the, the town of Philadelphia was running Jalen hurts out of there. They were, they did, they wanted them to move on. And it's like, we have to give these guys, especially the ones who get it mainly done on their legs. We have to have some patience with them to get acclimated as a pocket passer. Trey Lance has started three fucking games in the NFL. Like whatever you can talk about his throwing mechanics or his progression read, but like, let's give him a little bit of time. So yes, I'm with you on Trey Lance. Um, How about this? How many points do I get to say that Jeff Wilson is not the leading rusher? And we can, I'll I'll just say by, by rush yards, let's use that as the metric. So the PPR stuff doesn't even come into play.
1: Um, not the leading rusher.
0: I mean, uh, TDP is probably going to be active, right? You, you would have to think so, but they might do something crazy and even like make Marlon Mack active and TDP not, I don't, who knows?
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like him not being the leading rusher, given that it's the Niners feels like a three pointer, even though like, I, I don't think it should be a three pointer. It's probably like a six or seven for being yeah, you know, technical about it.
0: Um, all right, then let me, let me toss on. Um, he's not the leading rusher by, um, 20 yards. Someone outrushes him 20 yards by more than 20. Okay.
1: Yards. Uh yeah. I mean, look, I think if somebody outrushes him, it's probably gonna be big, but I'll give you a 10-pointer on that. Why not? And we gotta give the shout out as well to our guy Sammy setting love from Buffalo, New York. You already know I love you, motherfuckers. The one and only Buffalo war pig. I gotta know. Like, I know Sammy's been in a lot of our chats, Pete, over the months, over me, maybe even the years. I, like, what is the Buffalo War pig? Like, is is it just like, is that his branding? Does he go to games dressed up like a war pig? Like, I feel like Sammy's one of the most interesting men in the comments. I just want to know more about.
0: I feel like you're asking me to speak for Sammy when I'm just as much in the dark. All I know is Sammy comes with positive vibes and great energy every time in the show, sometimes even aggro energy. Um, And uh, we, we appreciate it, Sammy. So yes, let's bags know what's the deal with the war pigs branding here. Um, But you're effectively branded because now you're getting it, you know, shouted from the mountaintops on such a large platform.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, you know, he's gone through a table at some point in his life. I feel like that's a rite of passage in Buffalo. You can't be a man. It's like your bar mitzvah if you don't go through a table there. Atlanta, 18.3 implied points. 10 point dog at the Rams, 28.3 implied points. And Pete, I'm going to take the easy 10 pointer here that was so close to panning out last week, did not pan out. Falcons win outright at Los Angeles. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, what's the spread, did you say? Uh, 10 point spread. Okay, yeah, that's a 10-pointer. So the money line, Falcons money line? Yep. Um, All right, I am going to say Kyle Pitts winning Millie Maker lineup. Everyone pressing the panic button, he he erases it on Sunday.
1: I hope you are right because he is the spot where if that doesn't work out in best ball, I am fucked. I played him so much on FanDuel last week, Pete, because he was like 6K and Travis Kelsey was 8K. And um, I'm going right back there. Like, I think you have to have faith in Pitts being out. So actually, I'm glad to see you have kept faith in the man.
0: Yeah, and it does seem like ownership is going to be decently in check on him. You know, you have so many good um, cheap plays this week. I think people are going to play Albert O. They're going to play Tyler Higby If you're paying up, you're going to play Andrews, Waller. Um, You know, even guys like Hayden Hurst look pretty nice. So again, in that mid-range, guys like now that once you slide – Pits his salary down toward the Hawkinson kind of tier. I do think he he goes a smidge overlooked. And if you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I'll just pay 200 extra for Darren Waller. So I hope that stays in check.
1: Also, I didn't see Trey Lance in the strip club was the highlight. I didn't see Trey Lance at a strip club. I mean, am I not following the right people?
0: Um, I'm gonna do my classic Twitter search, Trey Lance strip club, and see what we got. Um, yes. Uh, here we go. I'll share the screen. Okay. I mean. How, yeah how did i miss this one i should have put this in the fantasy life newsletter water cooler section there look oh, at oh making it rain
1: too okay yeah Earth, right. i mean look that's how you heal if you want to get dust yourself back off and get on the field and look good no better way to do it than the healing powers of uh the exotic dancers
0: yeah i mean as as nick says there you the one concern about him was does he have that dog in him and i think that puts that to rest
1: Arizona, 23 implied points, Las Vegas, 28.5 implied points, a game that a lot of people will be targeting for their game stacks. As we talked about, the chalkiest play in the game looks like Devontae Adams, who went off with 17 targets last week. Uh, But what do you want in this one, Pete, with
0: uh, the Cardinals and the Raiders? What's the the over-under for points scored in this game? 51.5. 51.5. Will you give me a 10-pointer if less than 41 combined points are scored? Yes,
1: because so the line has moved upwards, it looks like throughout the week. So it does seem like the the overall Vegas economy is saying that it's going to be an over. Um, So I think you going under is a a courageous take, some could say.
0: Yeah, I just I am just so frustrated with the Cardinals offense. And also Josh Jacobs role um, was pretty robust. And so I see scenarios where the Raiders get up and just really salt this one away. And then Cliff just doesn't have the personnel or the creativity to, to get back in the game. So I'm, I'm going to take that big, big stand on the under there.
1: All right, so I'll go the other way.
0: So you went 10 points under it. I'll say this game gets over 61 points overall. Wow. Wow, a 20-point spread between our projections. Yep, I'll give you 10 on that. If only there was some way to bet on things like this. But I mean, obviously, we could make a bet, like, and just Venmo each other. But, like,
1: that's such a gigantic discrepancy <laughs> how we're approaching this game. But I think the Cardinals are going to be good. I don't think the Raiders' defense is good, so that's why I, I don't mind going heavy Who's making them. plays for the Cardinals, Spags? uh, Marquise Brown, um, you know, we still, we still have James Conner who like would have three to four touchdown games last year. Like there, there are ways they could score. I Rondale Moore I think was a really important piece they're missing. Cause I think he does what Christian Kirk did last year, but is probably even better at it. And also could take some rushes away. Um, so like, I think that's what they're missing right now, but I Marquise Brown can go for 150 and it
0: wouldn't be crazy. Yeah. You're going to need him too. Because again, James Conner is, is good for the under, <laughs> if, if they're having a lot of success sure. on the ground, that clock is bleeding. Anyways. Let's move yeah. on.
1: Maybe AJ Green will be back. Houston, 18 implied points. Denver, 28 implied points. Another 10 point favorite game in this one. Uh with Denver. Uh Denver certainly looking to rebound. I guess I'm due to go first in one of these. Um, hmm. Cortland Sutton, uh, double the fantasy points of Jerry Judy. Is that a 10 pointer? Cortland Sutton
0: double. Um, what are what are the what what do you have for their projection?
1: I have fourteen point three seven for Sutton, thirteen point eight for Judy.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you double on that. Yeah. I have I seen a lot Judy- of like yeah, pe- people have been. I talked about this with Dwayne on the SiriusXM show because he had a pretty big spread between he had Sutton much higher than Judy, and I kind of pinned him down on it, and he was like, "It is really close. It's a pretty flat tier all behind him there." So, I I think they should probably be closer together. So with that take, I'll, I'll give you the double.
1: I just think like Judy got lucky on Monday. Like he's good. Like the run after catch with that one touchdown had that he had was really good. But I think when the, you know, when the shit was on the line, they were going to Sutton pretty heavy. And that's sort of been how I felt about Sutton. So I, I think this is the week that he does explode hopefully and shows it off. But what do you want in this one with the Broncos and the Texans?
0: I'm going to go for a, a big 10 pointer. I could probably do the Millie maker version of this, but I'll do approach it from a different angle. I will say Javante Williams is the highest scoring running back on the slate and I'm looking at projections and I see he's projected like eighth or ninth um, for running back. So I assume that's a 10.
1: All right, that's an, Yeah, that's an easy 10-pointer. And our last game on the main slate, though, we will talk Sunday Night Football as well. So guys, make sure you hit the like button. Of course, subscribe to the channel. Pete and my classic shows every Friday at about 9.50 Eastern is what we're going to kick those off in the morning. Monday and Thursday, you'll have me. At some point, I'll probably get some guests on, too. And we will also have guests on the Friday show moving forward. So make sure you are hanging out here. The show is going to be on the Splash Play channel full-time. The last main slate game, Pete, we have Cincinnati, 24.3 implied points. T. Higgins' status still up in the air for this one. Dallas, 17.3 implied points. A 7 Seven point underdog at home with Cooper Rush taking the helm. And I'll let you go first because I'm curious to see what you pick.
0: Ten pointer, five ho- five highest scoring players in this game are Bengals. Oh, you didn't work out last week, so I'll let you have it again. Okay. It's 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 really close because the Bengals have a big four, right? And you need T Higgins. So you have burrow Mixon, yeah. chase, but then there's like a big gap down to like Boyd and her. So it's like, it's hard for one of those to jump Schultz, Zeke rush and lamb. How, okay. If Cooper rush were to outscore Jamar chase, is that a 10 pointer? Um, no, because I'm seeing only a four point gap in their projection. So that's more of in the three pointer range. If Cooper Rush were to outscore Jamar Chase by three, is that a 10-pointer? <laughs> um, then it's to a seven-point range. <laughs> so he so, so outscores him, outscore him, by, him six. by six is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Outsc- Cooper Rush outscores him by six. That's a 10-pointer.
1: All right, I'll take it. I, I I think if there's ever a game Cooper Rush will be useful, it'll be at home without a lot of tape on him. We'll see. Uh, Cobra Kai is back saying Noah Brown wants He wants a 10-pointer for this. Noah Brown gets 20 PPR points. Uh, Noah Brown looked better than CeeDee Lamb last week. So I don't think that's actually that crazy.
0: <laughs> no, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm so there's like a lot of guys. I'm like, oh, let's just give it a week or two. I, I'm so panicked about CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not panicked yet,
1: but I, I think uh, I talked about it on the Monday stream. Like I'm doing a, a new segment. Pete panic or no panic on Monday is very creative. Nobody's ever thought of something similar. Um, I think the Cowboys fans and the Cowboys team like should be deeply panicked because there was nothing I saw they did last week that was like, oh, like they could build on this. Everything looked bad for them.
0: It it really it really did. And, and the thing is, I was joking around about this with Davis on the cast that I think he got bailed out because I think this team was going to be bad even with Dak healthy uh, or with Dak healthy. And so now everyone at least has the excuse, oh, you lose your starting quarterback. I mean, I had big concerns about this offense before he got hurt just watching them play. It, it, it seemed like a not great situation.
1: Sunday night football game, Chicago, speaking of a not great situation, 15.8 implied points for Chicago worth pointing out, according to football outsiders data, which you can get for yourself at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Um, lots of interesting new data points on there, and you can actually browse through the stats to see top fives in every category on the homepage as well. Uh, but we got Chicago and I tr- like Trey Lance is actually a better QB according to DVOA or according to uh, QB value over average compared to Trey Lance last week, Justin Fields looked like so bad that like he was the worst QB in the league by a wide margin. Willing to give him a butt like a buffer because of the monsoon stuff. I worry about Justin Fields a good amount here. That said, if he's ever gonna be good, I feel like it's going into Green Bay, a Green Bay team that looked kind of shell-shocked in their own right with no receivers. I think Justin Fields showdown winning captain is a 10 pointer. I want to go with.
0: Yeah, that it's it's we I feel like if we martingale both Fields and Lance, one of them has to hit. Uh <laughs> they're the same th- player, basically. And I think I like I want them to be good, really bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So one thing that's interesting about the pricing for this is that they have Aaron Jones still priced much higher than AJ Dylan, which I think they should be priced evenly. If not having Dylan ahead, Aaron Jones is at 12.2 and Dylan's at 8,400. I am going to say that that price tag leads to Aaron Jones not being used quite as much as a captain. Um, just because why wouldn't you play AJ Dillon over him instead? And so I think maybe that little ownership discount, we get that classic Aaron Jones, big play, Aaron Jones, optimal captain for 10 points.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tougher to get to Aaron Jones at that price tag. I, I don't think you could put Dylan ahead of Jones at this
0: point after one game though, price wise. I mean, look at the workloads. I mean, it, it was, it was very tilted in Dylan. I mean, I think it's safe to say Dillon's the lead back interesting
1: i i'm glad i got dylan you know in the best ball season like i i'm happy to do it i think you should still be willing to pay a higher price for jones especially for tournaments but i guess we'll see how that goes uh pete give the people the plug here of course you're doing the fantasy life show on sirius xm five days a week now uh you got guests you got the pff guys lots of stuff going on in fantasy life i know the podcast is popping off too so give the people the plug for what they could expect this season
0: yeah, I'm doing that Monday through Friday, 11 to 1 p.m. Uh, host that with Kendall Valenzuela. Fun time. I'm still waiting for my first troll call. So uh, a <laughs> public number, I don't know it off the top Are of my head. Are you getting head. like
1: truckers and stuff calling in?
0: Not not truckers. We get, okay. but we get from all over lots of people from the south. I feel like we've had lots of New Orleans callers. Um it uh, yeah, it's fun. We have a uh, we had a really funny one where a guy called in and he had a one and a half point lead. In his league heading into monday night and he was like i should i bench javante williams just to make sure he doesn't fumble and uh i was like no because there's gonna be points tiebreakers and all this stuff later on just do it and he called back the next day to say thank you and he, he said that he co-managed the team with his son and he's like when i told my son that you told me that we shouldn't bench javante williams he was super pissed and then he woke up this morning and he's like i told him that we won and he's like dad you need to call back and apologize to them and tell him i'm sorry for that so you know you get some really wholesome content on the siriusxm airways
1: yeah, my main remember uh, remembrance of my time both at Barstool, where we had a XM network, and then when I would just listen to Sirius growing up, was it was always truckers calling in because they were just like on the road for you know eighteen yeah. hours a day, and it's like you know satellite radio is the one thing that doesn't cut out. Uh, but I feel like now you're probably getting a different audience, and that's cute because like you're probably not reaching that dad and his son with your YouTube channel.
0: No, the other hilarious thing is, and I love all of our asshole commenters, they they're near and dear to my heart. But if you're someone that waits on the line, you know, sometimes 30, 45 minutes to get your call answered, like you are so polite, you are so nice, you are so thankful to have a question. And I'm just thinking about all these chat rats, if they had to get on the phone and tell us their asshole comment to our face, these guys would soften right up.
1: Oh, you missed yesterday, Pete, where I was getting hit with like one guy with a multi-count. It was a lot where you you don't get that because people, I think there is something like there's a classy things broadcast radio that we lack as a streamer. Um, And I would say that it's good to see you get to, you know, cut your chops and have people be supportive. I guess you, you, it you is. have a supportive
0: community anyway. So I got a DM from Smith uh, yesterday and he goes, do you know some random username? And I was like, oh no. Luckily I didn't recognize the name at all. And uh, I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never seen that. And he's like, oh, he was referencing... I guess he was just wilding out in Smith's chat and kept referencing when we called Levitan on Smith's randomizer appearance. And so he just assumed he was my guy. I'm like, it sounds like he came and watched that for you Smith. I'm not taking credit for this asshole. Okay. <laughs> now I will let you know if they're my assholes, but this was not one of them. <laughs>
1: if is that a Pete back? <laughs> <laughs> <Who's your asshole? laughs> Casey wants to know what's the number. Where can people call you in? Yeah. Let the, me, let
0: show. me look it. Cause I, uh, I'm doing a new, uh, I put it in the, I Put it at the top of the newsletter yesterday. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna post it here for you guys. Um, All right, so there we go. yeah, I need some. Here it is. All right, 888 963 2682. Uh, I will, I can't, I don't have access. I just post it in the private chat if you want to post oh, yeah. it in the Let comments. Me, I,
1: I, how, how do I, what, what would I even do with this? Pete, we're
0: <laughs> gonna put post it, it, I'll in, put the it chat. in the chat here. Here we go. It's in the YouTube chat
1: now. You have you still have access to our splash play YouTube. You should be able to post them there.
0: So the way StreamYard, where I'm not, but I'm not logged oh, in. Oh, I have to StreamYard. add you to my team, right? Yeah, it's it's a StreamYard thing that bugs me. Like when we're doing the Swolcast, I want to be able to just within the StreamYard be able to chat. With people, but you basically have to pull up YouTube separately, and I oh, didn't yeah. do that for this show. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's, that's what I used to do back in the days, back when we were on Peach Channel, back in the good graces. There, no, but We are on the Splash Play channel now, so make sure you are liking this video and subscribe to the channel. I'll be back on Monday. Pete will be back with me next Friday. Of course, make sure to follow at Peter whoever's at follow at Chris bags. Uh, go to ProbablyApp.com as well, where I am hoping we're gonna have something that I can use to create content off of uh, coming out tonight that I can do some stuff with, but we'll see. Either way, get on the waitlist. P-R-O-B-L-Y App.com uh, what we're doing is taking top international sportsbook data, giving you the true probabilities of every event and really every event out there, every market, including like volleyball and handball and shit. But I'm very excited about what we're going to have coming there. Just need my friend to actually push that product out. Uh, Pete, any final plugs for you here? Anything you want to say before we, we jump off? And I, I don't see you for seven days. I, I have to get used to this, Pete. I feel like an abandoned
0: child. I know, I know. I I feel bad. Uh, I'm just, uh, I really am <laughs> overextended hard right miss now. It's more hanging out.
1: Like I miss like because this know. I realize like I don't have like a lot of guy friends here. Also, one of my one of Alex's female friends broke up with her boyfriend, so I <laughs> lost one guy in the stable. Oh no! It's like you lost the friend time, I realize like oh this is like my bro and out time. Like we're doing work, we're doing content and whatever. But it is still just like a nice little break of, of you know in the middle of the day.
0: I know. I know the uh, 10 hours of radio. I enjoy it, but man, it, uh, it eats into your, your free time when you have 10 hours evaporate. So yeah, now you're blowing uh, out with
1: Kendall. You're doing puppet bits, doing that a Pete. I'm sure on <laughs> serious. I oh said. yeah.
0: Lots of data pete on odd serious. Um, the only thing, other thing I'll plug is I am doing that weekly, my Friday GPP strategy show with JM to win from. That was really week good season. last week. Yeah. Yeah. He's so like, he thinks about DFS in such a, a unique way. It really is kind of a breath of fresh air. So I love picking his brain and we're going to be doing that weekly weekly now at 2 p.m. on my channel so last week we recorded it early because i was headed to vegas but yeah so it'll be live today and uh really excited to kind of talk through what we learned and and how to think about the week two slate
1: all right so go check out peach channel coming up at 2 p.m eastern check out the fantasy live show on sirius xm and follow me at chris spags follow at peter over follow at splash play pod we'll see you guys i'll see you guys on monday pete and i will see you guys next friday enjoy your weekends good luck bye
2: <laughs>